Imagine that you have a new supply chain leader starting next week. You hired her to do supply chain transformation before the crisis took hold, but now she's joining remotely and inheriting a remote team. And her short-term urgent priorities are very different from what they appeared to be before the pandemic. As her manager, how can you make her onboarding experience a productive one? Today we have back in the studio, Michael Watkins, to discuss what can you do to support your new leaders so that they hit the ground running. This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Michael, welcome back to the Champion Forum Podcast. I enjoyed uh, the episode on the first 90 days so much. I read a recent article that uh, you had authored, and I thought uh, remote onboarding is a subject I'd love to talk uh, to you more about. So welcome back to the Champion Forum Podcast. Great to be back, Jeff. So since the onset of the pandemic, we have seen a whole lot of change globally in many areas and one of these is the remote onboarding of new people and this is an interesting dynamic that is new to many organizations something they've never had to do before and you and your team have wasted no time offering support what have you seen michael as the biggest barrier that organizations need to get their arms around regarding this remote dynamic yeah, no, it, it's just such an interesting thing, right? And I mean, it, you know, obviously COVID has sort of um, pushed us way further down the road of, you know, virtual work than I think we ever thought we would go, you know, probably in a decade and we've done it in literally months, right? And so maybe a little later, we can talk a little bit about what I think that means for the long run more generally. But for, for onboarding, it presents leaders taking new roles with a much different, much harder challenge than they ever faced before. And let's face it, Jeff, you know, we've talked a bit about this, that onboarding is hard anyway, right? Sure. And now all of a sudden you're shackled to this desk, you've got this little, you know, um, screen to interact with people. You know, you're normally someone who likes to kind of be there and, and have conversations and make observations and see how people are behaving. And it's like having, you know, losing an eye, you know, you just don't have the same kind of you know, access to information sure. and learning. And if you think about it, you know, one of the most important things you're doing as you onboard is you're learning, right? And so right away, you've got to really change the fundamental way you engage in learning about the organization. And you've got to be much more structured in the way you approach it. And oh, by the way, you need the organization to support you much more than it would normally. Because the, the other thing that's going on right now is lots of people are in survival mode. Right. Lots of organizations are really struggling. Do I have time to help Jeff on board? You know, maybe, maybe not, you know. So there's got to be some real thoughtfulness on the organization side about how are we going to help him <laughs> get right. up to speed and be productive. You know? Yeah. And I think, I, you know, I'm working with a couple of leaders who are onboarding remotely right now. <clears throat> and it's been pretty interesting because the struggle isn't so much with their teams as it is with their peers and their bosses. And I, and I wouldn't have predicted that necessarily on the get-go. I was like, geez, you know, how do you connect with your team? But the reality is you can have a pretty good team meeting, 
and your team's not going to meet without you, right? They're not going to say, hey, let's just, you know, we know Jeff's the new leader, but ah, you know, why invite him to this meeting, right? So you're automatically going to start to get in the flow of the work and you've got the ability to set the tone. You can, you know, you can begin to manage the process. So, you know, I'm not saying it's easy, but compared to getting, you know, good relationships and coordination with your peers or the attention of your boss in the midst of all this, oh my. it's far, easier, far, far easier. Sure. And so that's to, to me where the big challenge lies these days is really, you know, you as a new leader, Jeff, how do you make sure you get you know, the connectivity you need and you're not kind of left out of the main flow of what's going on in the organization, right? With your peers, with your boss and so on. And, and also I think it's, you know, the last time we talked, we talked a little bit about early wins, right? It's harder to get early wins. It's harder yeah. to figure out what those early wins are. Again, you know, you need a bit more help. You need a bit more direction. You need some thoughtfulness about, you know, here's the areas you really need to feel to, you know, focus on even as you may have a boss or peers who are really, you know, pretty overwhelmed, you know? And that creates, I think, in the end, real vulnerability, you know? No question. Uh, and you've got to be really, you know, laser beam focused on extracting the, the information and connecting with the people that you need to connect with. Yeah, doing it the old way just doesn't work anymore. There, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't back in brick and mortar and maybe at this point never will be back brick and mortar. And we don't know uh, exactly what that looks like. But in that article that we, we, had we had talked about, you know, there was a poll that was done with leaders about their company's current onboarding practices. And of the 125 who responded to the poll, 75% said that their organizations were still onboarding leaders. However, at a lower rate than before the crisis. Matter of fact, it was 45%. That's from 75 to 45%. However, only 17% indicated that their organization had developed systems for onboarding new leaders into yep. those remote environments. That is a major, major gap. And given that most onboarding is now happening virtually, uh, and that you know the stakes in quickly getting new talent up to speed have never been higher. Why is this? Why, why, why the gap and why the lag and what do we got to do about it? Sure. So I think part of it is, is just the adjustment process, right? Things change so fast and so massively that it's taking organizations a while to, to catch up, right? I think, I think even since that article was published, things have gotten better. And at least, at least they've gotten better in terms of organizations being able to get like computers and, you know, technology and support to people faster. Mm -hmm. I do a fair amount of work with Johnson and Johnson and they now have a great provisioning system. Right. And they'll never go back by the way to having people come to offices and set up computers and stuff. Right. They now do it all, you know, completely remotely and they will never go back to doing it any other way. But I think what was missed more was, you know, we're not going to do onboarding anymore. How are we going to make this work exactly? Right. What kind of processes are we going to put in place to do this? Who's going to do that? especially in the midst of the crisis, especially as we're trying to reduce costs, you know, and there's almost like a catch 22, Jeff, that I think gets, gets set up a little bit here. That's the bad news. The good news is it's totally possible to speed up people's transitions purely by using remote means, right? I, I had a, I'll just tell you a story really quickly, right? So I, I teach um, a program. I, I'm a 
professor also at the at a business school called IMD in Switzerland. Right, it's a very well regarded, it's, you, know, you know, international business school. Focuses mostly on exec ed. I teach a couple of programs there, and one program I teach is a first ninety days program. Right. And so it's an open program. Whoever wants to come and work on their transitions can come and do that. It's offered four times a year. Um, it was an in-person program. It was a very successful program. Um, and then COVID hit, right? So we're not doing that anymore, right? For sure. And so I converted it completely to a virtual program. And I included virtual coaching, group coaching, individual coaching, programs far more impactful far more impactful than it ever was in person. Hmm. And so, and so it was so successful that we actually on the consulting group side actually decided to turn it into a product Wow! because yeah, we're now, we're now marketing these sort of, um, you know, group transition acceleration experiences. Hmm. They're very cost effective. Sure. You can pull in from anywhere, you know, it basically it's three, three half days and, and, you know, all of what we've talked about the last time is presented, but you're also building your plans. You're talking to coaches, you know, so, so there's been a, you know, there's been some good news here too, right? Which yeah. is some real innovation. Sure. In how to deliver some of these ideas. And it's been really exciting for me, right. To, to begin to, to try out new things. Right. I hadn't really tried, for example, group, small group coaching before. Yeah. This, right. We've got some great coaches. Yeah but we'd never try to do it in terms of small group coaching. You know, of course you have to have people who are going, you know, through transitions at roughly the same time. But if, if the world is your audience, you can usually, and you're careful about who you're, you, you pull in, you can, you can certainly do it. Right. So to me, it's been a bad news, good news situation, right? At, at the individual level, it's absolutely hard. You know, you need to be more structured. You need to be more planful. You need to be relentless in getting out there and connecting to people, you know, the organization needs to be more thoughtful in helping you get up to speed and connect. Um, and at the same time, you know, organizations can now do really wonderful things fully remotely and completely scalably to get leaders that are going into new roles up to speed faster. So it's been, it's been fascinating time. It is fascinating. And I think there, there's, you know, a couple of camps out there. There's panic mode and there's the people that love the pivot and see this as an opportunity. But, you know, it goes without saying that you owe it to the new hire to get them up to speed. We can't just throw them to the wolves or, you know, give them the proverbial binder or the playbook. We, you know, there's things that happen. And just because today is different doesn't excuse you from not doing it. Uh, just because you don't have brick and mortar and they can't go shadow somebody else or whatever it might be, you've got to find a way to get that done virtually. And we're, I mean, there's no question, we're all being tested to adapt in new ways of working. And it's no different with onboarding people. It, it has to happen. It's just got to be a different way. What are you seeing out there, Michael, as far as strategies that you're recommending that have been effective with virtual onboarding of leaders? Well, so I, I think, you know, there's different pieces to it, right? One is I, I have been really surprised the degree to which um, fully virtual coaching can have a huge impact. And I think, you know, I and probably, you know, some, at least some of the coaches that we worked with would have said, yeah, you can do a fair amount, you know, remotely in terms of helping people up, get up to speed, but 
it's no substitute for getting in the same room and talking to people or getting in the room with the team and working with the team. And I'm finding you can have just as big an impact individually coaching, working with teams, doing it remotely than you can by being there in person. And that to me was, was surprising, right? I would have, I would have said, nah, there's no way we can do a lot of right. that stuff. Yeah. So I think that's been, that's been a big part of it. Um, we haven't talked too much about teams. Well, we did a little bit last time on teams, but you know, you can do a very effective job of at least maintaining a team by doing it fully remotely. I'm doing sort of, I, you know, it's a long-winded description, but I do a lot these days of what I call virtual micro team building, right? So little snippets of this and that done completely virtually, helping keep the team connected, helping mm -hmm. keep the team energized. You know, it's been to me really interesting and surprising that we can continue to, to, to sort of do that. And it makes me wonder what's life going to be like when we finish this, right? Because we're already seeing organizations that are saying we're never going back to That's right. bricks and mortar. So you're changing the game for a long time. And we, and we did talk about that in our last discussion about the importance of, you know, knowing your stakeholders early and building that team and so on and so forth. Now that we're going into a virtual environment, uh, and I know you help people do this, but you know, identifying the stakeholders, building that team early. I mean, you could be coming in from the outside as the new leader. Uh, maybe it's a promotion, whatever it might be. What are some things that you're uh, adopting to help people do that early on? Sure. So, so it's really great you bring this up because as I was reflecting a little bit on our last conversation, we didn't talk about that stakeholder alliance building piece too much. We, right. you know, we talked a little bit about political learning, which is... And now we got to do it over Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. But no, look, look, you know, so the reality is that organizations are political, right? I mean, you know, that's life, you know, you can, you can fight it or you can die, you know, right. <laughs> or you can fight Not it going away. Die, or you can adopt it and you know, realize it and, and, and thrive. Right. And I, I always say to people, you know, look, you know, if you don't like the word politics, either a get over it, right. Or B call it something else, right. Call it, building relationships to do important things, right? I don't really care. But the basis of it, and this is connects to the remote piece a little bit, is really being able to identify who those key stakeholders are. And I'm sure you've had the experience at some time, point, some leader has, that there was this person over in the corner, you know, and you didn't pay much attention to them initially. And it turns out that they're absolutely essential to what you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And hopefully you haven't really annoyed them in the process or they haven't felt bruised by your lack of attention. But, you know, you, you want to try and figure out early on who that really complete set of stakeholders are and begin to focus on building those relationships, converting them into alliances to really push forward what you're trying to do. A lot harder, right, if you're operating in a remote environment. For because sure. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and there's things you can do, like pay attention to who's coming to meetings. And if there are names you don't know and people you don't understand, make sure you figure out who they are and why they're there. Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's little simple things like this, you know, um, ask, you know, I, I've said in the article that Mary Driscoll and I co-authored, right. Mm -hmm. Ask your organization, who are my key stakeholders, right? That's right. They probably won't give you the complete list. They may not even give you fully the right list, right? But ask. And because the organization should be willing to help you out with that. Yeah. 
No doubt. And I think the stakeholder piece is big because that's been a big change in the new world, if you will, because so many times, and this wasn't every company, but a lot of companies you were hired on or they brought you in to be the leader and you spent a day with accounting and uh, as part of your orientation, then you spent a day out in the plant and then you spent a day here and a day here and you got to meet your stakeholders and you got to know who they were. So to your point, like I think now in this virtual world, we have to be much more intentional. But once we know and we've identified the stakeholders and who they are, don't wait for it to be part of the training module. Reach out and align them on the, object, on the objectives that are set forth so now that we can get on the same page early on. And I think this is going to maximize the value of the connection with these stakeholders, but you got to be more intentional now in this virtual world because, you know, that 30 day orientation for the new leader looks different. And quite frankly, a lot of organizations, although they're moving that way, they don't have it all figured out. So if you're the new leader going in, you got to ask a lot of questions. I've never met that person. Who are they? How do they impact my mission, my job, my team, whatever it might be, because you will get left behind. No, you will. And it's funny, I, there's, there's an example I use too, which I think helps a little bit understand how different the world is, right? I think you know, and I know that executive assistants run the world, really, right? 100%. You know? And so my, my assistant used to say, Michael, when she would answer, do you want to talk to the boss or the person that knows what's going on? <laughs> I, I laugh about it all the time. It's true, though. Go ahead. Well, exactly. Right. And, and, and there's and there's a whole society typically of those folks and they know each other, especially at the most senior levels. And you cross them at your peril. Right. And so if you're wise, you build relationships with those folks genuinely. Right. Because yeah. they're really great, interesting people. But in a, in a normal in-person office environment, you know, as you're walking in to see your boss or walking in to see your peers, their EA may be sitting right there. You say hi, you begin to connect on person. None of that happens now, right? Right. Unless you try to quite explicitly inject a little bit of humanity into your communications with those people. Otherwise, you're never going to see them. That's right. right? And, and so that's, I mean, it's a small example, Jeff, but it's, I think, an important one of just how different it is to build relationships when you're not able to be with people, walk by them, say hi, connect with them even for a moment. It just changes so much. No doubt. So before we close out on this subject in this episode, if you were to tell the listener uh, that's maybe leading an organization or trying to figure out the whole remote piece, if there's one or two things that you, your team, uh, has done that's been effective that people could take away today with this dynamic of onboarding people virtually? What are those one or two things? So, so the biggest thing is see it as your responsibility to help that new person be successful, right? You know, normally we would say, look, you know, Jeff, it's, it's mostly on you to have a successful transition. Yeah, the organization is going to do some things for you for sure. But, you know, it's 70% Jeff, right, making a successful transition. That does not work anymore, no. right? It's got to be, you know, you've got to be meeting people and helping people much more, you know, explicitly and in greater depth than you normally would, right? And if you've already got a sink or swim culture, you better get past that pretty quickly because you're going to have a lot of people sinking, right? If right you don't do this. And so... That would be one thing. The other thing is there's no rocket science here. It isn't that hard, right? Small things make a big difference, right? You provide a new leader with a list of their stakeholders 
and introduce them to them, how long does that take? Right. Right. Not very long at all. You know, yeah. but it makes a huge difference in the end. Yeah. I mean, we talked about early team building stakeholders. Maybe the new virtual onboarding is, uh, hey, Jeff, you need to meet Michael. He's your CFO. And you, the onboarding manager, creates the outlook with the Zoom link. You know, that training calendar that used to be where Jeff would go spend the day with Michael in the corner office doesn't exist anymore. So just be creative. Like that connection still has to be made. And, and to Michael's point, like we have to be intentional as onboarding leaders, getting these people into the organization. Again, just because we can't do it the way we used to do it doesn't mean that we can't do it because fast early turnover um, is a worst case. You also have productivity issues, all the things that go with this. So if you are in the onboarding space, you have got to set up, whether it's Outlook invites, Zoom, Zoom calls, whatever it might be, to connect these dots. Then you could put a little bit of onus on that new employee to say, look, at least the introductions were made. Now go connect with your stakeholders. So 100% with you on this. I think it's, it's but it's, it's still surprising that organizations don't necessarily get that, Jeff. No doubt. And tell the people a little bit about the, uh, the article and where they can find that. Cause I thought it was absolutely outstanding. Sure. It's on Harvard business review online. It's, it's called um, onboarding new leaders dot, dot, dot remotely. And it's by me, Michael Watkins and Mary Driscoll um, partner at Savannah. It's a big, big um, UK based search firm. Fantastic. Fantastic article. And I'm glad that uh, you had the opportunity to come back on and talk a little bit more about that. How can people learn more about what you're putting out there, Michael? Uh, how can people learn more about remote leadership, what your teams are doing to help, whether it's the largest companies or a mid-sized company, effectively make these virtual transitions? So, you know, my consulting company, and we basically do this stuff, right? That's our, our bread and butter Genesis Advisors, www.genesisadvisors with an ERS at the end, not an ORS.com. Or as you know, we talked about a little bit last time, Jeff, you know, I actually pay attention to my LinkedIn. Uh, he does. Messaging. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you know, and who knows what will happen, right? That's right. You, you may end up on your podcast someday. You never know. Michael, always, always great, great material. Listener, I, I hope you got as much out of this as I did. Uh, as we navigate what we're calling the new normal, uh, we just heard one of the largest companies is not going back to the way it was. They've already made that call. Many of you may be contemplating that now you're in the same boat, but here's what I know for sure. If you don't pivot and adjust, you're going to get left behind. So as you apply these guidelines, keep in mind, that effective virtual onboarding doesn't just mean helping external hires. Employees making internal moves at a remote working organization can face challenges that are also tough, if not even tougher. Those confronted by new leaders coming from the outside. And in, in the midst of this crisis, this pandemic, it's just as important as you get these internal people up to speed. So don't lose sight of that. I think it's common sense when they're coming from the outside, don't forget about those people that are coming up through. They need the love too. So Such I a great point, Jeff. I would underline that about three times, right? Because often the internal moves just don't get the attention that they need. 
Right? Yeah, they, they, they've been here. They know Sally. They know Joe. And they just kind of get left to the wolves. And I'm telling you, you are in jeopardy of losing an A player. Uh, because you, in your mind, sometimes we feel like, well, what got them here is going to get them there. It won't. It absolutely won't. And this gets back to your book, The First 90 Days. Yes, the leader has to take some onus. There's no question, the newly promoted leader. But we owe them a little bit of a transition. Don't assume they know the playbook or the new role because their success and the resume they've built up to this point really is out the window when they get the new job, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> so once again, Michael, thanks for being on. Listener, thanks for joining us. Make sure you go to the show notes to recap everything that we talked about today. You can get those by going to the championforum.com forward slash show notes. If you got even one nugget out of this episode, I would invite you to go subscribe, rate, and review the show. That helps us get this message out. Appreciate you all joining and never forget it. You all have been set up to be champions in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win.